Hi there, everybody. Hi there, everybody. I'm Ian. And I'm Jaw. Jaw? I'm Jaw. I am Jaw. My name is Jaw. Um, Jaw, um, what's your favorite book of all time? My favorite book of all time? Do you have a favorite book of all time? Do you have a book that stands out like maybe is just one that hmm. Uber connected with you at some point in your life? I mean, yes. Uh, the Teachings of Don Juan. Definitely, okay, I think uh, you've mentioned this Carlos before. Castaneda. Yes, yes, right. Those are definitely uh, some of my favorite series of books. Anything uh, fiction? Is that um, are those fiction or are they kind no, of No, those are those are real metaphysical uh, kind of uh, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 kind of metaphysical kind of talk, case studies. Okay. Yeah. Um uh, as far as fictional goes, I would say either uh, Jurassic Park um, did you read Jurassic Park? I read the first one. Okay, all uh, right. but I need to read it again because I read I mean, it like it's, it's full I was of a science. Kid, you know? It's full of science, isn't it? Uh, yes. Like it's it's full of it's, it's a deeper the, version of the movies, of course, of for course. sure. But movies, I mean, movies are never as deep. Yeah, I mean, I I read through that first book. It took me forever to read through it. Jurassic I, Park. Yes, because yeah. I had to read over different chapters. I would forget certain things I was reading. I was like, why am I in this spot of the book? <laughs> when how old are you when you read Jurassic Park? Oh man. Like 12? Oh, really? 11, 12. Okay. Like all right. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, around the time the movie was coming out. Yes. Right before the movie came out, I read the book. Excellent. Wow. That's, that's rare. Yeah, the only was. book, the only book I really can remember ever doing that for was The Green Mile. Oh, nice. My parents saw that movie and said it was really, really good, Ian, but we think we saw that it was written, it was uh, based on a book by Stephen King, so we think you should read the book first. Ah. And so they kind of made it, almost made it a school assignment, you know, being homeschooled, they can do that. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so I read the book, and the book was incredible. The book, the book was fantastic. Nice, I need and to read that. the movie, the movie just, man, man, Michael Clark Duncan, R.I.P. Michael yeah. Clark Duncan, but um. that guy, dude, he was... He grabbed onto that that role for me. That was one of those uh, movies I've seen all the way through. I think the Green Mile. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a long. It's movie. Totally, what it is. It's a long movie. Well, I mean, I remember uh, like I know Forrest Whitaker's in it. Uh, no, no, Forrest Gump's in it. Uh, Tom Hanks, Mr. Hanks, yeah. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see this movie. Never mind. Oh, you didn't ever see the Green Mile? No. Oh I, my god. I think I've seen pieces of it though. Oh man, the the Green Mile's great. The Green I've Mile. I've definitely is seen an, pieces. Is an epic but, journey. Yeah. Um, it's kind of embarrassed right now. Yeah, I don't be embarrassed. It's yeah. uh, you know, it's it's uh, what what's no, the nature of the best? So I'm wondering what movie you were we were thinking about. Were you thinking about Phenomenon? Uh, <laughs> With uh, with Danny Zuko? No, I was not thinking of phenomenal. With uh, what, what else is he is he famous for? Like John Travolta? What do you think uh, of when you think John Travolta? Uh, I guess Saturday Night Fever. I would say Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay, all right. Or maybe um, Look Who's Talking. He was pretty big in that movie. To yeah, me. yeah. I don't I don't know his character name. Uh, I know it was Vincent in Pulp Fiction. Wasn't yeah, it? I can't remember in Look Who's Talking. No, it's probably no. like. But I mean, Danny Zuko. That's that's John Travolta. Yeah. for me, I guess when I when he was a when nice. I was a kid. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. Have you heard? <laughs> this is total gossip shit, which I don't even know how true this it is. This is Gossip Corner with Ian and Joe. But apparently, like, he's like a, he like, well, he, for one, 
Sorry. Travolta flies a 747. I mean, you know, that's it's pretty cool that that he and uh, Craig Ferguson, there are there are choice few people that I know of that are pilots, and I'm like, that's badass. Yeah, he's that's got, great that he's got a hobby. He's got something not a hobby. He's got a he's got a, an outside passion. It's a passion. Yeah. Does he have? Uh, is this plane just like a normal plane with a bunch of seats, or is it completely decked out like Travolta's? You know? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Do you know I mean, anything about that? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I suppose he might own a plane, and if he owns a plane, it's probably a private air, you know, a private jetliner. Yeah. You know, I apologize, guys. I shouldn't have brought up his airplane without having all this <laughs> badass. Like, yeah, dude, he's got this. We're sorry, twin gerb. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know what? I, I would imagine jacuzzis. You know, I would imagine it's like a it's like a suite in a in a stadium. You know, it's kind of but not or like a hotel room or whatever in a in an yeah. airplane. You know, it's probably got a like do- in the back a dozen there's like seats a- and you got the bar and everything's really nice. It's all posh. And- you think so? You think you like put that much effort into it, or you think? Yeah, you just- I mean, for a private jet, maybe. I, well, I don't know. It depends on what. Kind of plane it is, I guess. I wonder how much that would cost to literally renovate out a freaking 747 yeah. cabin. My brother, uh, he once took a flight. He and a friend of theirs flew to somewhere in, in fucking bumfuck, you know, Texas uh, to go rock climbing. Oh, nice. He was in college, um, but it was a little four-seater plane. I mean, it was probably, I mean, square footage-wise, not as big as the room that we're currently sitting in. Oh, man. Um, you know, and, and like very, very cramped, very, you know, there. And he said that it's, it. you become very acutely aware that you're, It's this is not like a com- commercial airliner. Yeah. This is, you're in a tube that you can literally see the, the front end of, the back end of, <laughs> and your two walls. And like, that's it. That's yeah. all Damn. you got. And you're- you you're like okay, man. This guy's got to know what he's doing. This guy, you know, you this flying. You I, just got to completely submit and oh. be like, I'm trusting this guy. Oh, I've got another God. buddy. I've got another buddy who um, got his pilot's license. I haven't really talked to him in a, in quite a while, but um, Chase Mitchell, that's the guy's name, and he he always talked about wanting to get his pilot's license. And as far as I know, he did it. You know, I mean, yeah. he's, he's got a he's got a, a full on. Pilot's license. I mean, he's pretty fl- badass. You know, he's the he's the person in the movie that is like, oh my god, is there anybody who could fly a plane? <laughs> and he can now be like, I can, I can, yeah, I can, dude. yeah, yeah. I think pretty much anyone's supposed to be able to control. Well, I mean, that's not that kind of plane, but maybe like some of the really nice nice planes that have uh, autopilot and well, sure. you know. Are basically a computer. Not like the planes that just came down in, in uh, Egypt. Oh, Sorry, we, that, won't, we won't get into that I, I yet. I was reading like, about that earlier. Yeah, I just don't dig those well, kinds of things. What were you talking about? Freaked me out a bit. You were talking about uh, nicer planes? No, it's just, yeah, because they're all running on computers. So if something goes down and you yeah. had to literally, like, Ian has to save the day, you know, ground control could walk you through all the procedures to yeah. lead the plane back to the runway. Yeah. yeah. And, you know. Well, I mean... At a certain I, point, at a certain, I mean, unless unless there are elements of the autopilot that can automatically land the plane, that would be my biggest fear. Yeah. It's not even taking off and keeping the plane you know, the level when you're in the thing. No, it'd be landing. Yeah, it would be landing. I that would be where I would choke up. You know, you see in those movies where you got to pilot this. You are the top uh-huh. ace pilot, son, <laughs> and they come in and they just choke when yeah. they when they land and they crash uh. the plane. That that would be me. Oh, that's <laughs> that would terrifying. Be well, sure. Uh, you know, oh, 
Speaking of, I uh, I was in uh, I was in a department store earlier today, and I saw uh, <laughs> a box for it was like eighteen dollars. Um, we could slip our phone in, and it's it's VR goggles. It's oh, op- nice. Oculus Rift esque things, so it'd be like Whoa. one step up from Google Cardboard. And uh, did you uh, mess around with it? Stuff. No, it was it was all you know uh, just in a box. So I I took a look at it, and I was like, okay, this is this this would How be. How can you test it out first? Thing. See if it's legit. Well, you I don't, don't I just I, buy it and then it's I mean, like sucks. But, but like, to be fair, it's it's seventeen dollars. I mean, oh. it's, not, it's not all that much. <laughs> I thought um, it was gonna be like a three hundred dollars. No, 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 no. That would be Oculus Rift. Oculus okay. Rift full on. You know, Oculus oh, Rift would be a I couple hundred. I want one so bad, but it's well. Just that's another that's world. what brought me. That's what made me made me think of it. Anyways, that's what I was saying, or I was thinking was if I had Oculus Rift goggles and I spent time in a simulator. Um, I could probably, I could probably get over my fear, but I imagine it's the same as riding a bicycle simulator. Yeah. And then you I get mean, on a bicycle and I mean, you still might have a problem because there's actual forward momentum. There mm-hmm. is an actual other force that you don't feel when you're in a simulator. Yeah. Cause I can feel that I'm sitting still and not driving this, right. uh, you know, this. You would almost have to be on like car. a like a bike if you're going to learn how to ride a bicycle. You would have to be on an actual machine. Like you'd have to be sitting with, in with gimbals. Phys- with yeah, yeah. that you would have to use your muscles and use. Uh, and in that point, It'd be like just an go out and ride bike. your fucking bike, man. Dude, I mean, I tell you what, that will be badass. Whenever you can go to like a workout place and sit on a bike, and literally ride around a mountain, just be on a freaking mountain. With some Oculus Rift on? Yeah, I mean, that'd be pretty cool. You know what, kind of, if I was going to, if I was going to ride a bike inside and it was going to be my ideal setup, I'd probably try and get one that was on some sort of treadmill. Mm. You know, you'd make a little treadmill track. Um, yeah, isn't that make how it, they kind of did the- uh, Four lanes wide or something like that. So you can kind of go back and forth. But it's, you know, oh, it might see, have to yeah. be the size of a room a little bit to kind of give you- the the if you want to go fast man that would be cool that would be that would be you know if i was if i was privileged yeah. i'd build one of those i wouldn't build a bowling although a bowling alley that'd be pretty cool i mean essentially build the build wow that'd be incredible i mean a bowling alley that you can then only an asshole roll, would put you a can then alley. lower <laughs> you can then lower <laughs> your your treadmill on top of yeah exactly you know and that's that's how it is and you put the Oculus Rift goggles on and you and could also have a rabbit make sure racing you have track. insurance you could put a, a rabbit ra- yeah you could like a like a golf grass could come down and then you could like release a couple of rabbits and they run down the track to the uh, like like uh, like a greyhound race <laughs> exactly you know the the cha- have you ever been uh, never had a little I have been to a dog race it have wasn't you? a greyhound race but. It was these other. I dogs think I went to. I don't, to a, I don't remember if it was greyhounds or just whatever kind of dogs, but it was it was kind of cool. But I don't get that. I don't understand <sighs> why you put money on somebody winning a race, a weird sport. or winning a sport. Like uh, I can see, I can, I can totally see why people do it, but I could never fathom doing that for myself. What do the owners do when the dogs don't win? Like, do they beat them? <sighs> Or do they just stop back in the cage like it was just one race? Or do they literally, like, how do they train these things to know, oh, you lost? I don't know. We're that not it's, supposed I don't, to lose. I, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider Spent it like $300 that. $300 to submit you. You know, I guess, I guess you have to think like that because of what the, like, soccer mom culture has become. 
you know, yeah. your, your, your stage moms and your soccer moms and your, you know, oh, the, yeah. the ones that are like, you have to do this and this and this. Although Momagers. I don't know, my mom, my mom was a, was a little bit of a taskmaster, but she was never, she was never one that pushed us to do something because she wanted us to do it. That's good. If we committed to something, she made us follow through on our commitments. That's but good, she would never push us to do something that we really and truly didn't want to do. Yeah, that's good. That's, you know, that was, yeah. That's that's kind of how my mom was. She made us do certain things. Like she put me in piano lessons and I liked it okay. at first, but then there was the recitals and I was like, oh, I don't like this. Yeah. But she pushed me through to okay. kind of do it until I had to like, I did a recital. Yeah. And then she finally kind of was like, yeah, he doesn't really like doing this. So yeah. she let me quit. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time my mom tried to, to get us to audition for theater. I was probably 10 years old. Mm-hmm. I auditioned for a show called The Bridge to Terabithia. Oh, yeah, man. I remember yeah. that movie. I, I haven't terrible, seen it. But, I haven't seen you know. it. I, I don't really know anything about the story, but I auditioned for it. Didn't get a callback or anything, and I just thought, no, nah, I don't want to do this. You know, my <laughs> mom, she said, Ian, there's this this show this next summer that's they're good. They're doing Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And I'm like, okay, I don't really know what that is. <laughs> she said, it's the story of Joseph from the Bible. It's a musical. Andrew Lloyd Webber, you know, he did Cats. She she had taken me to see Cats. But and, that was after she slapped you Phantom and like, pushed you against the wall. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. You know these things. And I really, really did not want to do it at first. I just, I was like, I don't want to just, and that's I, a lot. It's a big commitment. Well, it was you know for, a, for an 11 year old kid, you know, I would to go out there and sing. I'd never done anything in front of somebody else other than just my family before. Yeah. Really? Um, oh, although man, that's not singing. true. That's not true. I had done some showcases at like, at like school and stuff like that. Here's a cutaway to Ian at a showcase, but it's, uh, Yeah. I'm really glad she did, though. I'm really glad she made me do that one more audition. She's like, Ian, I really have a good feeling that this is going to be something that that will will happen. And she was right. I got like the smallest of small, like you know, kid <laughs> chorus, you know, roles. But very soon after that, I got cast in the Sound of Music as one of the nice. twelve kids, and then started getting more and more roles. And then within not even within a year, I was I was uh, cast as Wilbur. In oh, Charlotte's wow. Web, like the lead role in in a fucking Dude, play. You like all, I mean, like I carried it all myself. It was me and you climbed that ladder like a boss. I dude. did. I, it was it was in like nine or ten months, <laughs> and that <laughs> ironically is where I met Shelby Cook. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So if, if I had if I had fought my mom on something, you know, but you know what? If she if if I had done this one, if I had done this one show and really not liked it, she might have not made me do it anymore. You know, uh, my mom never, she never let us quit without a solid effort, but she never forced us to continue after it really and truly was a lost cause. Walk me through a, uh, like a theater rehearsal. Like when you begin, like you just got this part. I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you edit this episode and you're going to put, you're going to put all sorts of Foley in the background. Okay. Absolutely. You're going to set the scene, but I'll I'll walk you through it. Okay. Yeah. So walk me through when you get the role for Wilbur, what was preparation and how did the green button, like what happened in the whole area oh, of the You want to hear this? You want to hear this story? Take me through it. Right. Take us through okay. it because some no, people no, no, don't okay, know how so theater I'm already, works. I'm already cast as Wilbur. Or are you asking me for the, the tale of how I how I walked in there prepared to, to audition How you walked in prepared. I mean, from, yeah, when you started the marathon, which was when, preparing. Which, for was the, <laughs> which was the audition. Well, it was it was the fucking preparations. Okay. Um, so let's masterpiece theater music going right Yep. Here. All right. Hello. I'm Ian, and uh, I have a tale for you. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> all right, you, you ready to get blown away? Yeah. 
for my audition for Charlotte's Web, I so I had done Joseph Sound of Music, this play called The Rememberer. Oh, nice. And and been kind of you know smallish roles, you know the roles kids needed and stuff like that. And then Charlotte's Web popped up, and my mom had this idea. She she thought, Ian, if you're gonna do a good audition, you got to go in there with something that's just gonna wow everybody and you know what i can see my dad having this conversation with me probably um i so went who had it like who did it who had the conversation yeah. uh, or did they my both? dad my dad's probably the one that convinced me but it was probably my mom's idea to nice. to blow them away my dad's my dad's a good salesman when he needs you know like when he wants to talk yep. you into something or or you know sell his point yep um i Went to the library, got a tape, and uh, my audition was "I Have a Dream" by Martin Luther King. Oh wow! I went in there, did a did an abridged version. It was like a sixty second, seventy five second version of this thing. But I I had his mannerisms and well, not not necessarily his mannerisms because I walked around, but I had his his inflection, his cadences, yeah. and stuff like that. So I how'd mean, you say I'm, it? Like I'm like an eleven year old kid. I'm, I'm a, you <laughs> oh know, nice! So I'm, you're like I'm just this eleven year old white kid delivering this speech by one of the most influential, you know. Do you uh, have video of this? Of, of me doing the speech, probably not. I, I, There's got to be video it, of this. There has got to be video of this. Yes, it's probably at my parents' house. So when we go to Texas, we'll we'll we can look for it. Yeah, we should find that. That'd be funny. Anyway, so I did. Uh, I did. I have a dream. I have a dream that my poor little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Nice. Martin Luther King. I fucking... Were you nervous? I, no. Uh, no. I don't nice. think so, because I had practiced so hard. How, like, how did you... How I was your knew practicing? Like, inside and out. How did you prep I sat, for it? I sat... Um, <laughs> videos at the library you could rent for a week at a time. So I went and I rented the the PBS special that was on Martin Luther King and found nice. the part in there that was on the the I Have a Dream. And I watched it over and over and over. I watched it so many times. My mom printed out the the I almost said the lyrics. It's not the lyrics. <laughs> printed out the the transcription of the speech. Nice. And I just sat there. We we figured out together which parts, you know, like, because I took the beginning and chunks from the middle and, you know, but we wanted to make uh, it kind of flow and make as much sense as possible, even though we were abridging it all. Because it's like a, it's like a, an eight minute, 10 minute speech. Yeah, or something it's pretty like long. That. You know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a solid listen, but for an audition, it needed to be 60 to 90 seconds. So we, we trimmed it down and. Wow. I mean, I, You're, you, you. You were that this kind was, of an actor, huh? That was You're my, like, you know what? I'm not. I I, I could do this whole thing, but but they're see, not going to get all of it from me. That was my <laughs> that was my history class. That was my social studies class. That was my English nice. class. Was this project that my mom? That's pretty badass. And then led into extracurricular fucking theater activities. I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I don't know, man. My mom's a genius. I would I would I would venture to say she's got this whole master plan. Yeah. And you know, I need to just like standing ovation my mom all the time. Yeah. It's like fucking yeah. Hands, hands, yeah. Hands, hands. Um sorry, I was sorry. had a cup in my hand. I would have clapped. Uh, yeah. No I, disrespect, I, Vivian. I don't know. I don't know how I how I felt when I left the audition. I don't know if I felt that I nailed it. Or if I just was like, okay, great. I, I, you know what? I probably feel like I nailed the speech, but I didn't, 
I'm almost certain I wouldn't have thought ahead to, I got that part. Yeah. I got that part. Did you have any like, you know, once you're done auditioning, you like kind of walk into the bathroom and just like fucking nailed it. <laughs> I, yeah, I can imagine when I walked out into the lobby and saw my parents, I probably grinned from ear to ear because I nice. did. I, I'm sure I nailed the speech. I'm were sure Were they I in did. there with you or were they no, just they they, had to wait like, in the hallway? They, they all waited in the lobby. There was this, you know, kind of little, because it was in an office, but really. they could hear, right? They could hear you doing your Ish. thing. Yeah, I mean, it was on the other side of a wall, but I mean, yeah, they could kind of hear the... <laughs> you know, that's that's through the wall. Eleven-year-old Ian pacing the room. Yeah, I mean, slamming books around. Seriously, I would pencils love. Off the desk. I would love to see if this exists. <laughs> if this video exists, I will put it in its entirety on our website. You slap the director across the face at one point. <laughs> Ironically, it's my dad. I'm like, come here, come here. Grab him by his facial hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that's the tale of my audition for for Charlotte's Web. So when you got when you got the part, were you pretty nervous about it? Or were you like stoked? Like here we go. I was I was kind of stoked because it was, you know, I loved the movie growing up. Even though the movie is a little a little odd, kind of. Yeah, it is a weird movie. It's Absolutely. not. It's not a cartoon. Cart. It, it is a cartoon. It's a full on cartoon. Definitely. But it just straddles the line into, I mean, this is kind of a literature type of story. So it's almost a literature cartoon. If you were to watch a cartoon of Tom it's not Sawyer. It's like a Disney version. Or Huck Finn. Right. It's not, it's not, um, although there are a bunch of goofy, wacky songs in it. It's not, yeah. you know, Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> or Aladdin, you know. Right. Um, Rest in peace, Robin Williams. Rest, I'm watching a, I'm watching a documentary on him right now. Me too. Are you? Yes. The PBS one on Netflix? Yes. Yeah, dude. Fucking A. It's, it, it, (laughs) brace yourself. Well, cause I mean, it's, it's him. He's, he's in it. Yeah. It's a good one. It's an actual interview with him. It's awesome. It's great. Um, when I got the role, when I got the, is that what we were talking about? Yeah. When I got the role, I, I, I don't know, man. I did not, I don't know that I ever saw myself on stage in my future. So I don't think I gave it like I gave it my all when I was there, but I didn't, I didn't ever hone a craft. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how I can say that I was nervous or excited or everything. The only times I really got nervous was, uh, on stage uh, in terms yeah. of like when the actual audience is there, it's kind of like, Ooh, yeah, you know, I got, got these nerves. Gotta deliver this shit. Yeah, we're doing this. <laughs> but no, I, you know what? I don't think I ever questioned my ability to to deliver and yeah. to do it and to do do it the exact same as I'd always been rehearsing. Um, I probably suffered from just a lack of wanting to improve myself, actively improve myself. Um, did you ever freeze? Did I ever freeze? I don't think so. Did you ever shit yourself? On my stage? brother did once, actually. Really, Simon, Simon froze uh, because it was uh, one of his first shows. I believe it was Thumbelina. He played this character. He was this—he's—I mean, he was an adorable, like little eleven-year-old kid um, playing. I want to say he was playing a fish in the oh, show, but like nice. you know, humanoid. Like it's—it's it's him in a Hawaiian shirt on rollerblades with goggles on. But his character is the fish. I like think, a really or cool reptilian. Like yeah, I guess. Like like. <laughs> Alan Greenspan. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just pulled the name out of that. But um, some people in the in the show decided to do something that, in my opinion, is a kind of an unprofessional thing to do and play a game called Pass the Pig. 
um, in which there's a little there's a little token that actors an actor will bring on stage and kind of pass around the stage and you see if you can keep this this little token on stage throughout your varying actors and scenes and stuff like that for the entire show and somebody slipped it to my brother during his scene and he froze he dropped it and was like uh and and I think he recovered fairly quickly, but I mean, it just, he, he had no, no clue what to do about it. Um, and it just, yeah. So it was, was he upset about it? Um, I think he was more worried that somebody was going to be upset with him about it. Oh, gotcha. You know, like, yeah, like a let the team down or something. Cause I think my mom was the stage manager at that point. And so he was probably like, ah, she probably saw that. She's like got her her hand like her face buried in her hands. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> He's like she does. shit. Yeah, yeah. Did you uh, did you ever have like were you always satisfied with all your performances in all the plays that you did? Um, were you ever like did you ever get off stage and you kind of just felt like when, ah when, I could have been better? Or when I was yeah when I was dancing when I was dancing I uh, I felt. I felt great and I felt bad. It just, you know, I was, I was probably more acutely aware of how I felt of my performance when it was dance. Yeah. There was, there was a presence I think that I tapped into a lot more when it was dance delivering lines or even singing, even having a line, a singing line of my own. Yeah. I never felt I could carry that very well. I I don't think I'm that kind of a presence. I'm one that I'm one that, that come on, you can sing now. Well, and I, and I can, and you know what? I think I've worked on that. I think part of that has, has evolved because of podcasting. I'm, I'm a little bit more able to carry a room by myself. Nice. But this is new. This is, this is not something that I grew up with possessing this. Shelby does. Shelby possesses the ability to just control a room. When yep. whichever room he walks into, if he decides that he's the man, he's the man, <laughs> you know, and if he and decides, he's always and if he decides he's going to just be in the couch and just be on his own and do his own thing, he, he is. And yeah. that's, that's something if, from my perspective to respect, because for a long time, I just kind of, I was a subject to my uncomfortableness with eyes on me. Yeah, that is, it's, I mean, it's a weird feeling. I don't know it in that sense. I did one play like that when I was a little kid. I was in my brother's play called Medea. I don't know if I told no. you about this, but I was a little kid that Tyler Perry essentially <laughs> a Medea. <laughs> it was no. that, yeah, it was no, that. No, no, no. Um, uh, but yeah, so I was this kid that gets killed by his mom. Um, Whoa! She stabs me in this cave. Okay, but that was the only real play I was ever in. But oh my god. That was the shit, man. But then I ended up joining band, and I was in band, and it took all my time. Right, up. right. So I kind of missed a little bit of the boat, and then I tried taking theater in high school. Yeah, and it just folded. It just the teacher was collapsed. Uh, the the guy who was teaching was just extremely uh, not very. He wasn't a great teacher. Okay. So okay. Um, he definitely crushed me from wanting to be in theater. Yeah. It was my fault for quitting, but I just did not want to be in his class. I was like, no, yeah, not yeah. gonna. Oh man, I I was very fortunate to all of my theater teachers were people that were there doing community theater because they wanted to. They loved it. They yeah. weren't getting they weren't getting paid much. They were get, they might have been getting paid, 
you know, enough to make it worthwhile yeah. a little bit, but not not anything to live on. This is definitely a side gig. It's like a them. heart thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, every, all of them had other jobs. One of the guys that played my father in The Sound of Music, he was a he was like a regional manager of Albertson's stores and stuff oh, nice. like that. Yeah, so, I mean, he they had their, their day jobs, and then they spent all evening over with us. It was like a, it was kind of this, this familial feel. That's cool. It was awesome. It was... Yeah, that's like real art community kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, especially when you know these people where they work. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you don't have to know them at their work. If you only well, see no. them at the, you know, at the, at the public pool, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> who the hell goes to a public pool? A public pool. Um, oh. Yeah. But yeah, what got you from theater into just starting to write? Like what got oh. you into the world of wanting to create? your own stories and stuff. Um, gosh, my parents buying me a video camera, probably, you know, once it was, you know, I, I, I don't really remember which came first. It was probably do making videos just because it was easy. It was easy for me to, to, um, turn on the camera and yeah. dance around and do my own thing or do, you know, just, just make a, a short film. Um, that's why my parents encouraged us, you know, our, our desire to get into theater because it was, you know, um, uh, an art form. It was something that they saw, uh, they saw a very good benefit to, uh, to us doing it because we got to yeah. learn the first director, music director and choreographer that I worked on in Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat were some of the hard assedest people um, I could have ever imagined working with. And I learned so really? much like discipline way, with like- them. Uh, no nonsense, like, you know, uh, Regis was the guy who's the director. And not Philbin. Not Philbin. Okay. Um, but he was kind of like, okay, all right, gang, here's what we're doing today. <laughs> we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. Then, you know, let's just, let's just get it done. You know, he... He came in and he was like, "Okay, we're all here to put this show on." And I, he did, he did kind of not necessarily put the fear of God in people, but he, uh, he made it very clear that he, he was not going to be satisfied with our audience walking out of there saying, "Oh, that was good for a kids' show," because it was. Oh, I, I yeah. failed to mention um, the theater company that I did my very first show with uh, was a group called children on stage and they were for all the people in the show or kids ages eight to 18 that's wow. playing all the roles yep. all of them um that's pretty so it's a bunch of eight to 18 year olds and he said i know that you're a children's theater guys but i'm really i'm not in, in it to make a show that people are going to be like that was good for a kid's show yeah i want people to be like that was a good show right you know dude i mean and that's the thing because if you really put together a show where you want to see what you want to see, you're going to get it. I mean, I went to right. uh, Broadway and saw The Grinch. How, and there's a nice. bunch of kids in that show. Nice. And I was like, oh, this is probably going to be childish. And I had never seen like this kind of a show. So yeah. I just didn't know what to expect. Okay. And I was blown away by it. Yeah. I was absolutely just blown away by it. That's and cool. Yeah. So I I mean, I see he knows what quality he wants to see and he, he knows does. what everyone's capable of. So he does. Yeah. Badass. I mean, I did that same show with that same group of people, uh, twice, actually we did it five or six years later and you know, I was older and, and everything and there were actually adults in this next, this second version, but the, the shows are just phenomenal. Like they, that they put out and when you've got people that are in it for the passion of, of what they're doing, um, your, your outcome is going to be unparalleled. Are these things No matter filmed? what it is that you're doing. Are they filmed? I mean, there's probably some sort of video 
record of them. Yeah, yeah, my dad videoed the Joseph one, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, these would be awesome to watch. It would be kind of cool. It would be kind of cool to see these, to, to stroll down memory lane a little bit. It's trippy, like... It's trippy to see video of yourself when you're younger. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I always um, get uncomfortable to a degree. Yeah. You asked about writing. Um, I, I don't really know. I mean, my my mom being my homeschooled teacher, she always, our English classes were less sitting there and studying how to dissect a sentence and blah, 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 blah. And she just assigned us uh, reading assignments and writing assignments. And she would, you know grade them essentially and but tell us you know okay so this is why this is you know you should alter this and cheat you know she taught us through practical like writing writing stories and everything um so i've always had that kind of i've always had that kind of mentality in me um but by myself i feel that most of my most of my by myself work is substandard it's not where i would like it to be i always felt like i the the work that i did with other people was better than yeah. it was to myself. I mean, I did a lot. I did over 200,000 lightsabers with the, the, the Jedi dispute films that we made. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, and they are really not up to, they're up to a caliber of, okay, I got it done and that's impressive. Um, but if Shelby had, if Shelby had, if this had been a, like an, an actual Ian and Shelby project, um, I feel like the, the quality just would have been upped, you know, of story and of, of everything that we were doing, you know, yeah. there was, there was kind of, you know, a, a little bit of imbalance in, in involvement just because these were things that I wanted to do. These were things that I wanted to kind of, well, it's like teamwork. It's in, when you're in school and you have to work with a partner yeah. on something, you essentially, if you if you're both in it, you can really come out with some really badass projects. Absolutely. And I mean, I remember having some of my favorite. Uh, depended on who you were partnered up with. Sometimes it was your choice. Sometimes it was random. So you would like work on a project, and it some could be bad at sometimes. You know, in public sure. school, you know, not yeah. everyone no, wants no, no, to no. do it. See, I did that in college, though. My my first. It really wasn't my first experience with group projects, but when I was in college, I remember my first group project for that, and it was kind of weird. I was like, I don't know these people. I don't know what their what their work standards are or anything like Did that. Did someone so, like start maintaining like dominance over the group? Like, here's not, what we're gonna do. Here's how we're gonna tackle this. Yeah, <laughs> not necessarily dominance, but but organization. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was something that that I. Once I saw the people were were willing to kind of put their their efforts in and, and everything, I was like, okay, great, cool. So we're all just gonna throw in our our things that you know, put in our percentage, and we'll 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 get a good project. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, essentially, um, teamwork is the best work. So yes. as long as the team is awesome, and you guys have been a team for freaking forever. Who? You and Shelby. Yes. Yes. We've been, we've been a team, a team of, a team of people experiencing life side by side. Um, we, we collaborated on a bunch of projects that I wanted to churn out. We did very few projects that were Shelby's. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't necessarily know why that is. I, I haven't actually thought back on if it was because I showed a lack of interest or he had a lack of, of, uh, you know, thought behind it or, or if he was just waiting for that perfect moment, that yeah. perfect thing, you know, which is exactly what he does. He's, he won't do anything unless he fully believes in it. And it just may have taken a long time. 
I can totally understand that. Um, you know, the few things that I did see him do when we were growing up were awesome. They yeah. were, a lot of them were with his brother or his dad. They were with people that he could just, you know, get and, and, and shoot and kind of bounce these ideas off of and create this little, this project. Um, and it was, it was always top notch. So he was always somebody that I wanted to work with so badly. Yeah. But I, I was not necessarily afforded the opportunity to for a long time. I would love to hear some more, uh, Shelby music. Shelby music. Shelby yeah. music is, is some awesome music. So if you're listening, Shelby cook, we're calling you out. We want to hear your beautiful <laughs> tunes. Uh, we'll feature yes. it here on high dare. That'd be awesome, dude. Like if it you put be. out a new project, we could play it here. That'd be cool. Yeah. If you put out a musical project, we could play it here. Well, I mean, we would. Oh dude, we didn't really mention the room we're in right now. We didn't. You we said you it was small. A, you went on a little project rampage. I did. I turned my closet. I have a walk-in closet. Um, it's pretty Ooh. cool. You know what? This is more of an annex though. This is like, <clears throat> cause this is your closet. Yeah. This it's... is kind of, this is kind of, uh, a little vanity room maybe. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, it's got, you know, you know, your own little window here. You would imagine. I you come in here have... and get vain. <clears throat> well, I imagine that there might be something like a big mirror here and <laughs> lights all around. Makeup lights. Yeah. Um, this is like a little dressing room, but there are no, uh, makeup lights guys or a mirror. It's a, there's barely any lights. Badass ass ET poster framed. I'm trying to be interior designer. <laughs> interior designer. <laughs> You don't know a small space like I know small space. <laughs> but yeah, I, dude, I kind of like it in here. I think it's, it's a cool it's, little... Yeah, it's kind of a good, got a good vibe. We're trying to make this You've potentially the, the recording studio room that we're in. The sound foam. You know, we're, we're creating this little isolationist space. So I still need to put a big curtain. So behind you. In between us? Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. No, just because we need to dampen it a little bit. I can hear a little bit of an echo that's annoying me, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I don't think the audience is... is Oh, don't out, don't, 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 don't belittle the audience. There are some smart techies out there that are like, God damn this show. That echo in the background could have been dampered with a couple. See, I can't hear it. I oh. can't hear the echo in the background. It's really subtle, but it's there. Sure. I believe it, but there's. But I also kind of like it. Every like single one of our shows sounds different. I like that though. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to. It's all, it's, it's, it's supposed to be about the moment in time. You yeah. know, you're never in the same headspace whenever you hang out with somebody else. And that's, that's what we're trying to capture. So it wouldn't matter if we had the travel mic in front of us that's true. and that's all we were, we were recording. It with, feels more you know? official with these mics though. You know, like if well, we had the we, travel mic, we'd just we, be like, yeah. <laughs> we get the opportunity to put our best foot forward right. with, with the help of sure and Heil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and Mogami. Mogami, yes. You know, and, Cables. And, and Yamaha and Apple and yep. uh, all these and little products that make things Converse. In Converse. I'm wearing Converse uh, shoes. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean that's what that's and that is shorts. the importance. That is the importance of, of what we're doing. You, there's you know writers write. Writers have stories to tell. Writers um you know, they they develop characters and they they kind of create these situations, right? You know, artists do the same thing. You've got this, you've got this very interesting artistic take on Mickey Mouse um, hanging up this little calendar, you know, uh, page right here. Yep. Mickey Mouse with a volcano brain spewing out what looks like spaghetti and fish and flying monkeys. And it's got kind of the, you know, what's typically represented in the, the flag of China or Japan or something like that, whichever, uh, I'm sorry. The sun? Yes. The, the sun with Japan? the very kind of, 
yeah, know, the, kind of thing. The sun rays. The sun rays. Thank you. That was the that sun was the ra. Sun ra's. Um, and the clouds. I mean, this is somebody told a story. Like, what's going on here? This is Mickey Mouse's brains just exploding with all sorts of. of he's like. Yeah, but, the, but that's exactly what we're doing. I mean, you and I, um, I enjoy the shows where we get prepared and we actually have things to talk about. But from time to time, you and I, the whole reason that this is even a, a possibility is because we just sat down and turned on the mics. Yes. We just got to know each other. I mean, I, there are things about me that I've shared that I, I don't know that I've shared uh, in the 18 months that I've been here and yeah. you know, kind of getting to know each other. So it's the these Dude, kinds of shows are, are definitely needed. I'm honored you know. that you would share things with me. Dude, uh, get up. You don't have to you don't have to bow down, dude. You don't have to get on your knees. Let me kiss your ring. Kiss my Please let He's... me kiss your ring. Oh. He slapped me. He slapped me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have so much fun with this shit. Oh uh, no, but yeah, I I don't know. I, I really am. I'm serious. Like I'm honored that you I mean, but that's essentially I mean that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to learn about Ah, uh, come on. Oh, come on. But dude. we're trying to like motherfucking learn about each other. And so, you know, I think ultimately when you feel comfortable around people, you're able to just share more than you would just your average conversation, you know? Right. Right. I, so. you know, there, there are a lot of things like I read up on some stuff today that would be great to talk about, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know enough about why it's uh, not why I, I know why, but I, I don't know enough to talk about these Tony Blair, George Bush emails where they were, yeah. you know, apparently all ready for the Iraq war a year before they ever announced yes. they were going, you know, all this kind of stuff that's just now coming out because of Hillary Clinton's email scandal. And like, that's, it's great. There's a bunch of crazy ass shit that we could and should talk about at some point, but it's, if we, we had decided totally to do this, this show, I don't know enough about it. I it's going to be yeah. we can talk about it. It would just be a completely uneducated I mean, it's, type of when you thing say on my it, part, you know. I I think we already internally feel like what we feel about it. You yeah. know, it's like, "Oh, that's just oh, my, what's going on?" My my intention for these shows has always been as a hangout. And mm-hmm. and from time to time, hangouts are nice to learn something. Yeah. You know, you kind of like, "Oh, I man, I didn't know how how truly evil people are or something like that, you know, at the end of a show. But uh, by the same token, it's like, oh man, I didn't even know that, that uh, Ian was Martin Luther King. Yeah, I had no you idea. Know, something like that. It's just, you know, and it really moments like that are only worthwhile if you've spent time with us and, you've, and if you've gotten a, a chance to know who we are. You've never shared that before, have you? I don't believe so. There are elements of tonight's show that I have definitely shared before. Yeah. But uh, to be fair, there's there are two dozen shows out there that haven't ever seen the light of day between the, true. the, the couple of different things that I've done. So, um <sighs> What do you want to talk about? I mean, we were essentially going to talk about writers and uh, writing, which... Writers and writing. I mean, because I... Dude, I took some screenwriting oh, classes. Oh, dude, that's right. You were swinging us back around to the writing aspect. Yeah. You asked me about about the transition from theater to writer. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely, you know, took some classes when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, a woman named Terry Spa invited me. Uh, I knew her, I got to know her through, she would run these battle of the band events. So she was oh, kind okay. of the, the mom that would pull together. So you knew her because of trumpet? Uh, no, uh, because of, uh, yes, because of trumpet. Because <laughs> you're, in, because you're in band, right? Yes. No, I was in a little rock screen, band. Screenwriting. Oh yeah. Keys. Uh, at this Have you point, always played keys? Yeah, is that always? Been I your started instrument? playing keys. Yes, in the 
yes, in the beginning of kind of, I played piano and then I joined this band just to sing backgrounds and I'd play some tambourine and just do that whole spiel. But then everybody was like, and I was kind of like, okay, I feel like I need to do something else. Should I play keys? And so we all just kind of were like, yeah, let's do keys. And then we got real synth heavy and we bought Moogs and we went fucking crazy. We started listening to the Rentals and Weezer and all these badass indie rock bands that were pulling nice. out all these old synthesizers from the 80s, the equivalent, 70s. The equivalent of the Kevin Smiths and Quentin Tarantinos of yeah. the indie film worlds. Yep, we, yeah. we definitely got into that. But anyways, uh, yeah, she ran these Battle of the Band events. Nice. And so I'd go to those, but she was also into film. And Did so, you win? Uh, were you good? Let's just say that. Yeah, we were definitely one of the bands in town that were... this is Spaceman Space. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Yeah. man. That's cool. Yeah, we would open up for all the big bands that would come through the San Antonio or Austin area. Really? Yeah. I mean, not all the Austin ones, but like a lot of the ones in San Antonio. My uh, dad's band did did stuff like that. They would open for for people that came through, you know, at Six Flags and stuff like that. Yeah. We were like these high school kids opening up for like Reverend Horton Heat and shit. Like just uh, massive crowds, dude. Like these bands, we didn't really know very well. I didn't know very well. Nice. Uh, They're like rockabilly, but then we were just this little (laughs) indie pop band that everybody fucking dug, you know? Nice. Nice. We just play and people responded really well. It was fun. It was a really cool time. That's cool. So you were taking, you were taking screenwriting classes from uh, this lady who ran the battle of this woman. Sorry. I I digress. That's okay. Yeah. So I learned how to do it there. And then from there on, like for the next several years, I just started writing a bunch of stories and do you have your, do you have any of your writing samples? Do you have anything that you've written? Ah, dude, I lost everything. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> They're all on floppy disks. Like I had oh, this old shit. piece of shit computer Damn. and that's what I put everything on. And then just kind of over the years, it, did you like, leave them in your car? Oh gosh, dude. No, literally probably just in a bin that got thrown away or taken to Goodwill yeah, or something. Yeah. And I just, I mean, at a certain point, you know, if you, who knows? Who knows what you might have done with those those pieces of writing now? If I see one of my movies come up, if I see one, you'll know. I'll speak up. Oh, you'll know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, which, I mean, you won't be able no. to prove it, will you? No, yeah. I have nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You'd have to like have a caper. You'd have to go into their house and like find the original disc, <laughs> and then post date yeah. like like you know backtrace all the yeah. uh, all the information. It's not like I had like thousands of things that I just lost. I probably had like, like maybe me. a few hundred like. A few hundred like written things. Yeah. Like, wow. Maybe like that. A so, few hundred. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Dude, I wrote a lot of That's shit. That's a lot. Well, I mean, I yeah, I did too as a kid, I guess. Because I, I love the computer. I was so jealous we didn't... Because did you grow up with a computer like at the very beginning? Yeah. I, from from a very early age, my dad had an IBM um, word processor. Yeah, that's you what know. we had, but we yeah. didn't have like the internet or anything like that. No, we didn't have that. We didn't get that until about 2001, I nice. want to say. Yeah. You know? I think we were late 90s. Juno. Juno oh, yeah. email was, was our first AOL. real. Yeah. Oh, my dad still uses AOL. <laughs> he, he, his email address is still at AOL. That's awesome. And it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because he sends us emails. He sends us emails of like articles that he finds on there. And I can't access them on my phone because it takes us to, it takes you to this stupid AOL, you know, mobile page that doesn't really make any sense. Does it do the whole dial up sound? No, no, not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, I remember that. That's a, well, well, let's roll that clip. Yeah, those were the good old days. We've got mail. That movie, (laughs) that movie was, uh, 
was playing on on an era. Meg um, Ryan, she was a badass. I don't yeah. know where she went. She's kind of disappeared. A little bit. Well, she there. Uh, we don't have to get into Meg Ryan. We're, yeah, so I was just saying. Like she went under the knife. Well, it's like Jodie Foster. Like where the hell did she go? Behind the camera. Oh, Jodie Foster has been directing a bunch of stuff. Okay, yeah. I've not been paying. Attention. Oh man, again you. I've mentioned this Sorry, before. Jody. You should watch The Beaver. The Beaver. The Beaver was a great movie. The Beave. Um, directed by Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster's in it, but it stars Mel Gibson. Oh, nice. As this suicidal right, uh, suicidal marketing executive or something like that. Oh wow! And the night he's going to kill himself, he's. Uh, he pulls, he, he gets drunk and accidentally pulls a TV down on him and it knocks him out cold. And then when he comes to, he's got this, this puppet that I don't remember why I was in the room, but it's this puppet of a beaver and the beaver is there talking to him, but it's his own hand and it's his own voice. Is it an actual beaver, beaver pup? Like a puppet? No, it looks like it looks like the woodchuck from from okay, Full House, yeah, yeah. you know. But except <laughs> naked, like Uncle be- Joey's beaver naked, you know. Um, but it's clearly Mel Gibson speaking in this Australian accent as the beaver to yep. himself, and he's talking back to it. Oh wow! And this whole movie is about this guy who has this this um, this kind of break. And it's great because it it heals him, and then it almost fucking consumes him. It's they a great, win awards. It's a great dark movie. I don't know what it what it won. Seems like a know? but it was it was well written. It was very well written. I'd like to watch it again. Mel I'd like to make that kind of a movie. Mel Gibson with a puppet. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's a great great uh, great acting role. Did you like Man Without a Face? I don't know that I've actually seen Man Without a oh, Face. Oh, dude, that's yeah, a classic. I know. I, I think I was on the edge of of the age where my parents thought it might have been appropriate, but then they were like, oh, I don't know. She's like, his face is hideous. You can't see this. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't even know that it was that. I think it was. It was a little bit of a heavy topic or something oh. like that. I don't know. You know, but I I always heard really good things about it. Yeah, but no, I've not seen it. There's, there's, there's some really good movies by some really good actors that I have not seen, and I, I, I like that to yeah. a certain extent because I have not seen the best of Robert De Niro's work and the best of Al Pacino's work, or even, uh, you know, to some degree, people argue the best of Heath Ledger's work. I, there are a few movies of his that I have not seen. Which ones? Um, Can you name them off the top? Have you no, Nogan? Four, four Feathers is one. Um, oh, I never saw that. Candy was another. Um, it came out right before he died, I believe. Uh, I haven't seen the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. That's a cool movie. Yeah, it was. It was pretty good. Um, yeah, but you know, I have seen some great Heath Ledger movies. A Knight's Tale, I thought was brilliant. I just thought it was a brilliant piece of storytelling. What's the uh, one with the first? Like the he's trying to get the girl. Ooh, that's a lot of them. No, well, you know, ten things I hate about you. Ten Julia, things I hate about you. Julia there it is. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, Taming of the Shrew. That was why my mom let us see that movie. I was oh, like, nice. this is totally not the type of movie that my mom would really let us go see. Uh, it was, you know, a teen high school movie. It's a classic. It's because it's because it was Taming of the Shrew that she let us go see it because she was like, okay, this is going to relate to school and everything. Yeah, and it was good. I, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in it. And, he was. Uh, and yeah, Heath that's Ledger. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great cast. Was Lar- it Larissa Alanik? Jennifer Love Hewitt? I'm just kidding. That was no. That was a different movie. That was Sister Act Two. <laughs> that was Jennifer Love Hewitt's first movie. Uh, I think. I still know what she did last summer. Oh jeez, dude! Halloween just passed. Yeah, like, congratulations! Uh, we did it. We made Yay. it through. Yeah, we're in November Whatever, now, everybody. Dude. Happy November, everybody! 
I don't know what that means. Yeah, I mean, you've you've followed us through 11 months out of this year, everybody. You know, <laughs> did you see? Okay, so Heidi Klum every year, she does, she hosts these big, you know, Halloween parties and she does these fucking, you know, really elaborate, extravagant costumes. Did you see what nice. she did this year? No. She went full. I want to see this. She went full blown Jessica Rabbit. Oh, wow. Like, like cartoons stepped out of the really like 3D world into the 3D world. Uh, yeah, it's incredible. Heidi Klum dresses as Jessica Rabbit for annual Halloween party. Whoa, dude. Crazy, huh? That's creepy looking. Let's see this. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's showing how they made it. Really? Yeah, there's like an Instagram picture, I guess, of her getting it together. Wow, that's like a whole ordeal. She's got a team of people putting yeah. her costume together. Well, I mean, she's hosting this party every year. She has to she has to go all out. Wow. Okay, all right, cool, cool. So this is a, a st- like a time lapse of her getting her makeup put on. Oh, it's only like it was, eight Yeah, it didn't go very long. Yeah. That's pretty rad, man. Yeah, but we'll post a link to yeah, it. Yeah, we'll post a link. Did you eat a lot of candy? No. Well, yes. Did you? Compared to how much candy I normally eat, yes, <laughs> I, I ate candy. Um, but did I eat like enough candy to make me sick? No. I saw no. this video today. Gosh, dude, I hate the news, man. I really do. Yeah. But I saw this article. Well, it was a video where someone put hidden cameras on their porch. Yeah. And then put the candy out with a little note that said, you know, be courteous. Oh, yes. You know, right, kind of right, thing. right, right, right. And so all these little kids come up and they're all just like picking a couple of the pieces of candy. They're all being sweet, you know, doing the thing. They're like honor systeming it. Yeah. And, honor uh, systeming. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so all these kids kind of come flowing through. And then all of a sudden you see this like one group, one family that's like on a rampage, dude. <laughs> they like, really? they come in all their kids. Like it's this big, huge woman. And then all her, and they're all dressed oh, up and then all their little, her little boys are just like grabbing candy and like, are you fat ravaging. shaming? Is that what it is? No, that what you meant no, by big, huge I'm, woman. No, I just wanted to set the picture. She was a very large lady. Large, large lady. Yeah. She no, wanted there's, that there's damn no, candy, dude. No fat shaming. Then. She put her talons around that candy like nobody's oh, business. Gosh. But she did. She literally like was taking more than the kids, like was just shoveling it in. Like they left all the boxes empty. Oh. It was crazy. No. And again, I'm not trying to like be like, oh, let's spread negativity. But what I am saying is, guys, we live in a weird world where. Candy is a crack. It is like drugs, it's, and people need that sugar. Yes. And yes. damn it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, Because someone was just trying to be nice and give free candy, and the average person's going to just take a piece. Because you, you know, know, Kevin Smith, he cut out he cut out added sugar. Anything that yeah. had it added sugar in his in in his diet, he just cut it completely out. He's dropped eighty five pounds. I mean, just from dropping added sugar. That's a good move. And, and I mean, what's that to show? I mean, there's sugar in everything. There is sugar in some of the seasonings and spices you put on your, on your steak. There's sugar in the night. Sugar in the night, dude. <laughs> um, but there's there. And if there's not sugar in it, there's corn syrup. In yeah. It. I, I try my hardest not to add sugar to anything. I never put sugar on cereal. I didn't, we never really had sugary cereals. Yeah. Um, I never put sugar in coffee, uh, except on the rarest of occasions. Um, sugar is just not something that I, I, I add to things, but I've, I have noticed lately that it's, you know, I'll, I'll have some sweet thing and yeah. it's just, it, it is an addiction. I mean, dude, I remember having bowls of cereal, like I would put Cheerios in a bowl and then I would just sprinkle the fuck yeah. out of like some sugar over the whole top. 
<laughs> it was, was so good, a, dude. That was but it was a, so bad. So such bad. A, a crazily constructed visual picture you just painted there with your words. You would, you would. What, what was the word? You sprinkle, sprinkle the fuck yeah. out of some sugar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like what? How, how? What kind of a phrase is that? I don't even know. It's but it, 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 you know what it did? It communicated exactly the the tone and the emotional feel you wanted to to convey there. It's like you didn't dump sugar on it. You didn't just like put sugar on no, it. No, I definitely you was were even like, about it. Oh, yes. It had to be even. Yeah, I mean, you had to give it, you know, it looked like frozen. It was like, a, yeah, it was like a, like a little uh, snow dusting on the top. <laughs> right. But uh, right. yeah, that was that was great. And Thank it was, goodness it was, you didn't have your your shrunken kids in your in your Cheerios. <laughs> I'm just grateful that I. They'd uh, have been knocked out by those sugar uh, sugar granules, dude. But that was also Cheerios. Now they have so many cereals, you know that, you know, you can get ten times that sugar in one little. You know what I mean? Like oh, absolutely. some of the sugar that's in cereal. Lucky Charms. Oh man, like Cocoa yeah. Puffs, all that stuff, and they're oh, delicious. Yeah, but it's, damn, it's are they terrible for you? It's a shame. Yeah. But um, but there are some newer uh, stuff coming out, like made out of like quinoa and different things, like different grains. Cereals? Yeah, really. Um, some healthier versions that are they try to mimic, you know, the old school favorites everyone loves with sugar. Um, no, I think they just use alternative things. Like what? You have to. I don't know. You have to look. Yeah, I think it's yeah. like it's not stevia because I know stevia is not good for you. It's um, not. I mean, it's 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 kind of the same as aspartame. Yes, Isn't basically, it? yes. I mean, yeah, it's it's um, but everybody there. says it's good for you, which is not true. Uh maple syrup. Unless aspartame is good for you, but maple <laughs> maple syrup and natural like un unfiltered unprocessed honeys. Yep. Those are good sweeteners. I mean, that's definitely what I used to sweeten my coffee and my lattes. Yep, absolutely. I go with the honey. Because bees make it and it's it's you, you could guys, go outside. Gonna... You could go outside. If you if you had a beehive, you could go outside and literally get us a little spoonful of honey outside from the source. Yeah. Every day. It's not gonna to. give you diabetes. Well maybe if you ate or like diarrhea. A ton it's not gonna give honey. you diarrhea. No, definitely not. No. Not it's not definitely gonna, not. It's, uh, I guess it would definitely not because it's gonna bind you up, isn't it? Like uh like if you prisoner? Like overeat. No, no, like BDSM. Like <laughs> like like bond. <laughs> Like the, gimp, the like the gimp from uh, <laughs> from fucking Pulp Fiction. That's um, fucking hilarious. No, but it's uh, I guess anything will you'll give you the shits, won't it? I mean, just in, depends in on what excess, your diet is. You know, if you just eat kale, I mean, you could you could eat completely <laughs> amazingly, and then you just go to a Mexican restaurant and get like a like a cheese enchilada, a sneeze muffin, and a sneeze muffin, and then you pour some gravy on it. And Gross. You know what I mean? Like if you put something foreign a in your body. A cheese enchilada with gravy? Yeah. With gravy? Yeah, totally. What kind of gravy? I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's no, I mean, nasty. what kind of gravy? No, no but no, you put me, like a ranchero there, sauce. gross pig. <laughs> you sick son of a bitch. Uh, white, uh, white gravy or brown gravy? Shut the fuck up. Before the bread or after the bread? It's on a sandwich, Ian. <laughs> no, this it's whole not. Thing is a you said it's an, oh, so it's an enchilada sandwich. <laughs> I'm just building this whole thing bigger. This is this enchilada sandwich uh, covered in brown or, or white gravy? Uh, white gravy. With or without sausage and bacon chunks? Without. It would all be vegan. Okay, right. Whatever. Between two okay, pieces with or of without, cakes. With or, with or without soy <laughs> riso. Soy riso is great, man. You know, a meat, a meat, 
a meat esque oh, thing, dude. I was trying to find or mushrooms, today. dude. Oh, chop up some mushrooms and get put them in there. It's not making it any better for you I went to, by putting uh, healthy things inside of it because oh. it's still gravy. Gravy, no, is yeah, fat it, and flour. It's just not good for you. Yeah, that's, but that's there's all, all there's definitely alternative versions you can get, like different kinds of for sure stuff that's not as bad as like the well, normal. Well, you and I have chatted about it. I mean, just because you are a vegetarian, vegan, you know, kind of you you eat with what would, people would consider an alternative palate. Um, not out in this town. You, I'm just kidding. you don't necessarily look to replace meat with something. You just look to replace whatever meat is representing in a certain meal. Only, like, yeah, only certain things. But most of the time, I don't really even think about it. Yeah, you know? it's it's not something that you're like, oh man, what I'm gonna go. Oh, I need to go out and get one of those, you know, fake beef, <laughs> you know, substitute steaks because I really just want a steak. You're like, no, what I want is a good like hearty thing. So yeah. you might make yourself a a stuffed. Uh, uh, portobello mushroom or something like that i mean that's oh, a good dude you know, i went hearty to this uh, steak like meal but i went to this vegan place up in ojai for lunch uh on friday oh hi there oh hi there it's oh hi california is amazing that was an, that was then a missed opportunity we should oh, have opened the show oh hi there oh hi there anyways um but yeah i went to this vegan place so amazing dude it was like nestled in this it looks like this old town frozen in time frozen and in time now in, now we're there we're in ohio so we're in ohio walking into a vegan restaurant okay, but okay no i had this amazing sandwich it was an avocado like veggie ve- like fresh vegetable sandwich nice nice so it was between these like uh sprouted grained uh, pieces yeah. of toast and then everything in between was just yeah. greens with a, like this homemade sauce on it that was yeah. but it was a vegan place yeah. It was so damn good. It made That's me sit good. there and go, you know, I, I just appreciate someone is putting that kind of thing together. See, That's not McDonald's or some garbage. We've done that before. You and I have, uh, when there were times where we were working in, you know, like full days together on uh, on some of the stuff we were doing. And I would just bring over a bunch of vegetables and chop them up. We'd make sandwiches and stuff. Yep. And those are so satisfying. Yeah, they are. You know, if you're going to go to a restaurant that offers that kind of a that kind of a meal option or menu option, you should take advantage of it because, mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, a turkey club is the same old fucking sandwich, everybody. You I don't mean, need to eat, you know, uh, a burger. Especially if you like, you know, if you like chicken, there's so many different al- alternatives out there that you can literally marinate and cook up and it tastes just like the same thing. It depends on how you marinate it up, just like yeah, a real chicken, you know? Yeah, but you see, for me, I wouldn't necessarily want to do it that way. I wouldn't go out and buy... If I was going to go vegetarian, I would just cut out the the representation of meat. I would just yeah. cut out meat and its representation. That's true. So I, I don't know that I would go and and yeah, do garden burgers even. If you wanted or, to spice or, it up every now and again. You, you know, know, I would, again, I would do, if I wanted a burger, I would make myself a portobello mushroom. I would, you know, cook, you know, yeah, marinate it, cook it, and put it in between a bun with the lettuce and tomato and everything, and it serves as my burger. That's the way I would probably That's do it. Good. I wouldn't go and, I wouldn't go and buy, you know, I mean, I, I like soy riso. I like all the, the things that I ever eat over here. Yeah. But uh, if, if, if our audience members haven't picked up on it, I would do it differently. Yes, yes. But it's it's that's not to say that anybody's doing anything the wrong way. I mean, there. Are, what Shut is? The fuck up, Ian. Shut the <laughs> fuck up, Ian. <laughs> Dude, you know, you and I have been been busting our humps trying to keep things in perspective with this short film because we had a little bit of a little bit of a of a breakdown in the process over the past couple of weeks. Yeah, we needed some. 
We needed some perspective. Uh, no, we needed some polishing. Well, we needed some perspective I mean, and polishing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we needed perspective on what it was that we were trying to do, um, and the the time frame we were giving ourselves to do it, and it ultimately was not something that we wanted to to rush or, yeah. or you know. And we talked about this last show, um, but we've you know. It was nice to get everyone's interpretation of the script and hear like hear everyone in one moment, yeah, just discussing and us going through it because we, I mean, there was a lot of stuff we picked apart and just per- made better. And I, you know, I haven't read the latest script yet. Um, oh right, just yeah. got it. Well, that's I was that's kind of what I was slightly transitioning into was just kind of an update on this short film. You know, if yeah, our audience yeah. members are interested in following us, what we're doing. You know, uh, yeah, draft three of the script uh, just came in. Martin seems pretty confident with it. Um, we're gonna probably register this with the WGA and get it going. Yep, and we can't say the name of it yet, but. Uh it's Tulpa. It's going to be good. It's going to be Tulpa. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it's a, it is. It's going to be good. And we're taking the opportunity to go to Texas in November um, anyways to, to kind of scout and do some prep work. I, you know, surprisingly, Martin's coming. And, and I, I, say, I say surprisingly in that, <coughs> excuse me, um, in that it's, you know, I mean, it's his own money. He's spending yeah. to come out to Texas for Thanksgiving, which is not a holiday that he he really celebrates. Um, but he's coming out there to take advantage of the fact that we, we, we chose to make the fact that we are pretty locked into going to Texas for Thanksgiving. We turned it into a pre-production opportunity. Yes. You know, um, to kind of stretch out our timeline and get something that was, that was going to be well prepared. And it's that is a, a solid team effort, and I think that we're going to be fully rewarded for our our patience and for the the ability, not the ability, our willingness to to do it the right way. Yeah, I mean that's the hardest thing to do is having patience on on any project. It's always just like let's go, go, go. But then you realize it's patience is ultimately patience is ultimately the uh, the thing that I think brings about the highest quality work ultimately, yeah. you know, yeah. is you have to be patient with anything you make because otherwise you could miss something. I mean, really miss something and, you know, being able to backtrack and walk back through the same rooms and then see the furniture and be like, no, let's put this over here yeah. on the story. Oh, let's put, th-. you know, I think that just helps to every bit yeah. to make it more of a thing. You just want to get behind and really yeah. make, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, we, all four of us, because um, we've we've kind of officially added Shelby Cook to the yes. the, the writing Woo! conceptual team. Shelby yeah, Cook. standing ovation. Yeah, here we go. Um, it's 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 a story that I think we all are are very happy with, but it's a story that that honestly deserves a lot more attention. Yeah, um, it deserves a lot more uh, to it when we have the the funds to it's be able to be make so- a feature version. You know. Mother effing good, guys. This movie is going to be so badass. Right. I mean, the we, yeah. I so mean, we've got yes. You know. Having the having the privilege of being a part of this project and having read through the script and about to read our third, I'm super stoked about this movie happening. Yeah. I mean, we're we're at a point right now where the story is kind of locked into. We've got our major points, and so we can mm-hmm. kind of start preparing. We can know exactly what rooms in the house we need to film in, what we need to do to each room. Um, I can we're gonna break get down some the uh, test shots. We're renting the gear that we're going to be using. Yep. So we can kind of 
know exactly what we're walking into. Well, and we've and got how we want yeah, to film it. We've got three more weeks before we're going to Texas, mm-hmm. and we've got kind of a, a a laid out timeline of what it is that we want to try and hit. And the fact that that we have a script now, it's we're heading into Monday morning tomorrow. Yeah, so we're going to be able to start you know start afresh with this with a brand new version of the script and uh, a whole new lease on the things that we have to do, which is honestly not very much. I mean, it, it is it is a lot of stuff, but it is just the four of us. It's yeah. people that are already involved in it. It's not like we have to go out there and arrange meetings and cast people and blah, 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 blah. It's, we, we are going out there to see what kind of preparations that, you know, are, are going to be necessary yeah. for what we're doing. I mean, we even thought, Im- you know. I- immerse ourselves in the world. It's going to be a rad freaking movie. It's going to be a... It's going to be a freaky movie. It's going to be something that you'll want to watch again and again and again, I think. I think that's what we're trying to make is something you want well, to watch over and over again. Honestly, if we're going to if we're going to slightly not and spoils not the right word. Um let you in on a little bit of the the intended madness of this whole process. You're you're supposed to want to watch this yeah. again and again and again. Um there are going to be elements that you're not necessarily going to see first time around. Or second yeah. time around, or maybe even fifth time around. It doesn't, you know, we don't even know. Depends uh, on how high you are when you watch it. <laughs> well, that is true. You know what, dude? Uh, I, to to wrap it up, I told you about this a little bit earlier, but I'm gonna I'm gonna shout it out on the show because I think anybody that listens to this should should try to see if they can experience, you know, especially people that are our age, um, experience this show. Um, I stumbled across on HBO. They are now airing uh, Pee Wee's. Broadway special from 2012. Uh, I believe it was 2012. He had a, a show actually on Broadway. Pee Wee. Pee Wee Herman. Uh, he in the playhouse with Cherry and Conky and the, you know, the pterodactyl. Did you ever watch the show? Oh, yes. You know, I mean, all these characters. Cowboy Curtis was there. Miss yep. Yvonne, everything. But it was it was a... Was Lawrence Fishburne there? No, it wasn't Damn Lawrence it. Fishburne. It was somebody that it, uh, I all thought I recognized, but I'm pretty sure I didn't. Um it was it was an amazingly written show. Um, something that was a character. Seeing him play Pee Wee not on screen was totally different. He was a yeah. totally different kind of character because you can see and feel that he's interacting in the ener- with the energy of the audience. And boy, these people were our age, and they were loving it. They Man. were absolutely loving it. You know, the secret word came up, and when it when anybody would say it, <laughs> everybody would scream, dude. It was it was what you always wanted Pee Playhouse to be. That's like amazing. Full on interactive. It was so good, man. It, it, it did my heart well. Can, let's give it. Let's yeah. give a round of applause to Pee Paul Rubin. See, Paul even, Rubin. even 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 being arrested. I would love to have him on the podcast. Absolutely. Paul yes. Absolutely. Yes. We should actually find out if Pee Wee's doing some shit. Well, you know what? He's got a he's got a movie coming out. I believe in March. Next year, I believe oh, yes. it's coming He's out got on the Netflix. New one. Yeah. Pee-wee's Big Holiday. Oh wow! It's gonna be fun. I, and I follow him on Twitter actually. So as soon as I start seeing tweets of of him making his rounds, I will. There's I'll a uh, but people should go check it out. I don't know if they if if you have HBO now, go check it out on uh, HBO. Yeah, otherwise, I watch that. Otherwise, like I don't know, just find it somewhere. They just don't. Just just don't watch it. Appreciate appreciate <laughs> something that uh, that you enjoyed as a kid. Yeah, heck yeah. You want to take us home? Let's take us home. Take me home. <laughs> oh, one more thing. You also saw the opening to Scream for the first time. What'd you think? Um, it was it was it was okay. You know, I, I uh, that movie was revolutionary for its time. 
but I have since found my own fandom of horror films that have been influenced by Scream. Yeah. Therefore, Scream does not do it for me because yeah. I'm just like, oh, see, I never, I never got it. Like Green Day, Green Day will never be for me what it was to, you know, people that were around in the eighties and you know, when they, they're, they were huge, they were getting really big. Yeah. Um, so I, so I don't know. Oh, they, I should have used Do the Beatles. You have the I, I should have used the Beatles as a, as a, a better, cause uh, you know, everybody's music that I've ever listened to is all influenced by the Beatles. Yeah. Oh. But uh, the Beatles just doesn't do but it. That's for the me. thing though, is like those bands, they were so huge. Everyone, they were in everyone's ear, yeah. you know? So people couldn't help. Well, it's but like being, Bieber. Yeah. It's like it's like some of the bands now. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, dude, there's some songs that are on the radio, and I'm like, how is this on the radio? Like there's I can't so feel many... my face when I'm with you. Uh, like that's, the, like, <laughs> I, and dude, I don't know what I don't know. The the bling ring song or whatever it's called, or the Oh yes. The bling I don't Drake. even know. Yeah, I I listened to it a couple times and I'm just like I get I think it's a cool song, but at the same time I'm like, this is set this song is so fucking huge right now. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why it's, it's all right. about the marketing or radio, just fucking playing to a certain rhythm because I just don't get how songs like that surpass survive. Yeah. Other songs that I think are just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know shit about the whole musical industry besides it is political, but I just wonder, I wonder if in 50 years we'll look back and the, the music that we have today does it stand up in the same way that music that we look back 30 years in the past, you know, Michael Jackson and everything. I mean, we just did, we did back to the future day was, uh, was a week and a half ago or something yep. like that. And so everybody was like, Oh my gosh, it's been 30 years since yeah. 1985, Marty McFly, blah, blah, blah. But it's kind of like, Oh man. Yeah. 30 years. I just turned 30. Like yeah. 30 is that's a, that's a, it's kind of a, a, a big thing. So like in 30 years, are we going to look back and be like, yeah, Justin Bieber really was the next Michael Jackson. Or or is it just like oh yeah they really they really kind of raped us with that Justin Bieber for a little while <laughs> you know I mean right like uh, I that is what I'm curious about and and did people think that Michael Jackson was just going to go away I mean I mean I can't believe that people yeah. in their time thought Michael Jackson thought was that. ever going to be anything but revolutionary well or that he would go away because he was on his way back and then he was freaking murdered. Mm, uh, no, dude. He's given too much, man. Did you see it? Did you see the the movie? Did you see This Is It? I did, yes. I I mean, he definitely was drugged up, dude. He was on some See, I, I didn't look at it from a, a standpoint of being drugged up or not, but it was, I mean, he was not, he was not Michael. I can't say for certain he was on some stuff, but damn, dude, like. He was phoning it in, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I saw that. I saw that movie bummer, and I was like, though, oh. Like, it's such, yeah. just a, such a tragedy of like, I mean, it's not, but it is because he, he's almost like this legendary just performer, like person who will like, I think dealt at the highest levels of the musical industry yeah. where he, pro, he rubs shoulders with the top people, the highest money earners. And, um, so he knew a lot of things. Yeah. And so I think he was psychologically a little damaged from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting. I just I think he left a really amazing message as far as his music goes. I mean, it's world changing. Well, it's the same with Robin Williams and his comedy. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, we were watching this documentary ironically together, not together, 
No. Like holding hands with popcorn. We were. <laughs> um, and stomach. But he was, oh, Jesus. <laughs> but I mean, he was, he was instrumental in the, the, he just pushed the envelope of comedy and he rubbed shoulders with some of the biggest and brightest and best people that, you know, were just, and, and he, he owned a room and yep. I, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a, a tragedy. It's a shame that, yeah. that people like that are no longer with us. Yeah. Robin Williams just turned on, man. He did. And, and Michael just turned it on. Like I, I have no doubt that Michael could have sang every single one of his songs perfectly at a moment's notice. Oh, this motherfucker's about to come inside. Hey, guys. Oh, that's, that was Michael. <laughs> Mike, yeah, he re- <laughs> his voice was really low. Yeah. No. But yeah, it is sad. But at the same time, you know, you kind of realize, man, that's, I mean, I mean, these are once of a life. I mean, I don't know. I think everyone's special on the planet. Everyone's capable of amazing, amazing things. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, I see their message that they put out there and I'm kind of like, that's kind of the stuff I want to do with my own artwork is I want to make stuff yeah. and at least like even podcasting, we get to share our perspectives on the world we see. And hopefully even just by doing that, we're going to connect to people out there that kind of understand a little bit to what we're talking about, but also yeah. potentially know something more that we can wipe away something that maybe we were ignorant about, or I was ignorant about usually. Right. <laughs> right. Well, that's, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that I never really doubted that I would be able to, to nail it or, or whenever, when I was doing theater and dancing and stuff like that, I, I knew that I, I, possess the ability to do it. And so I just did it. Um, and so now I'm giving, I'm, I'm giving myself the opportunity to be like, to, to, to think to myself, okay, so what if you actually did put the effort in? What if you, you really were concerned with making your, you know, growing and, and, and making something better and better with each new, new iteration of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and then have that same confidence that you will then be able to make it happen because yep. you do possess all of that. Everybody possesses that, but not everybody possesses the, it's, it's not a secret, but it's the secret. It is. Not the everybody knows secret. how to use their, their inner power. Right. Yeah. Self-conscious. Unleash your inner anxiety. Goddess. Yeah. Unleash it, man. We all need you. We yeah, all or need be you. your own wind keeper, Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. That's a Stanley. French quote. Rachel, Stanley. Rachel Green. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Thanks for thanks for sticking around because that was a that was kind of a, a weird roundabout loop it of, was. of a conversation. It was, but that's okay because that's what it's all about here at Hydra World and Hydra World. Sorry, that was a tongue twister. Joe, had a, Joe had a stroke. <laughs> hey, no. Hey, Burn Ski Burn Ski. Um, so uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. We, uh, we really appreciate you. Uh, yeah, we were trying to bring it home earlier and suddenly we just went off on another tangent, which actually was great. Cause it circled us back around oh, in, in some weird way to the conversation. I know they did. They I heard. Know they did. Um, <laughs> but, uh, let's, let's, let's bring it on in. Let's bring it on in. We're, uh, we're going to pack up the gear. We're, we're going we're to wrap it up. We're heading back to shore. We are getting the high sign. We're <laughs> <laughs> heading back to shore. Yeah. Like we were fishing all day. You know, okay. All right. Yeah. Fishers of men. Fishers of men and women. No, we gotta be. We gotta be fair. We gotta be. We gotta be equal rights for all. And Black Lives Matter. Ian's oh, sorry. Too soon? Walking. I don't know. Was that? Is that even racist? Ian's walking on water. He's like the Christ. <laughs> I'm not like the Christ. It's frozen I'm water. Not like the Christ. Uh, so from the Christ uh, <laughs> to from the Christ to you imparted through me uh, this week on High Dare. I'm Ian and I'm Joe and ET phone home.
we We gotta go. Follow us on Twitter at Hydare Pod. And get your ass online because uh, Hydare.com misses you.